Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, Alberta, British Columbia, and Ontario are now in a state of emergency. We're facing an unprecedented time in our history. This is a decision that was not made lightly. COVID-19 constitutes a danger of major proportions. The Prime Minister says the House of Commons could be recalled. I have directed the House Leader to engage with his counterparts to discuss a brief return of the House of Commons so that we can bring in emergency economic measures. There are economic pieces that will need quick passage through the House in order to support Canadians. We are also examining the Emergency Measures Act to see if it is necessary or if there are other ways that will enable us to take the actions needed to protect people. And health officials continue to stress the importance of social distancing as the number of coronavirus cases climbs. We've seen a substantial increase in the number of cases in Canada over the past several days. And when we say the window is closing, this is exactly what we mean. As we see numbers dramatically increase each day, what we're trying now together as a society to do is to flatten the curve of infection. It's Wednesday, March 18th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. We're joined by author and op-ed columnist for the Chronicle Herald, Dan Legere. Good morning, Dan. Hi, Mark. So it looks as though Canada and the United States are now working on some type of deal that would somewhat close the Canada-U.S. border uh, to all but essential travel. Uh, is, is this a step? I know a lot of people the other day were commenting should we close the border to Americans traveling to Canada just as we are shutting down international flights to Canada? So this appears to be the answer to that question, the solution to what many people felt was still a problem. Yeah, it obviously was a major hole uh, in the sort of security cordon uh, around the country, although I can understand the sensitivity of the federal government not wanting to just sort of unilaterally shut down the American traffic, uh, given the nature of the administration in Washington, and and the fact that nobody really knows what's going on or how best to cope with everything. Um, so I think it's a much better arrangement to have the two countries sitting, you know, on their phone lines at a safe distance, but talking um, cooperatively. Uh, because you can imagine the immense complexity of something like that, and even restricting casual travel, like you know, there's people in New Brunswick will often whip across the uh, the bridge to Maine to get a cheaper, you know, cheaper milk and things like that. Um, so cross border shopping, casual tourism, and and things like that are uh, it sounds like are going to be shut down. Meanwhile, if you're bringing goods and uh, uh, cargo and things like that back and forth across the border, there would be ways of uh, of clearing those those types of traffic uh, because the economy is just going to wither and die if there's not some movement. So, um, but it is immensely complicated, and uh, but it's always done better if if both sides in the question are. Uh, are working together on it. Yeah, that's an important part of this. Obviously, we heard uh, Donald Trump talking the other day about possibly closing the border with Canada. It's it's obviously better for everyone if the two sides work on a plan together. So we'll see if there's news about that. Meanwhile, Finance Minister Bill Morneau is expected to announce today some type of aid package for workers and businesses affected by the crisis, something in the neighborhood of $25 billion in some reports this morning. And yesterday, the Prime Minister alluded to that, the fact that the House of Commons might be recalled 
in order to uh, pass this type of bill. So what do you expect from that? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the government really has to have a full court press on every possible avenue to deal with this. And the complications just emerge literally every day. So if, if you know, the, they have been talking for several days about a large um, economic aid package, uh, you know, something that they could, they've already got the structures there, you know, employment insurance, the Canada child tax benefit, tax measures, um, and other types of economic uh, programs that are in place. I mean, you don't want to start building new programs when you, the whole point is to get the money out there to keep the economy from uh, strangling. So, um, you know, this this makes a lot of sense. Now, some, some elements, some uh, actions can only really be taken with legislation in place. So uh, it, it makes sense to me that they're looking at ways to bring back enough MPs to have a quorum, so to speak. They're not going to bring 330-odd people from across the country, put them on airplanes and make them come on, you know, gather in a big room in Ottawa. That's just not going to happen. But there will be ways. I mean, I think the quorum is only 20. So if you can get 20 MPs together, there's 20 MPs just from the general sort of Ottawa and larger outlying area, um, and with some cooperation between the parties or among the parties, um, they can get things done. So uh, I, I think what Trudeau is talking about is the Emergencies Act, which would uh, greatly increase the powers of the federal government to carry out evacuations and uh, distribute goods and services and things like that. So um, it would be a powerful tool, but it, again, it is something that needs legislation for it to uh, take force. You mentioned the Emergencies Act. Uh, three Canadian provinces have declared a state of emergency now, and uh, and there are measures that come into play as a result of that. And I, I think, to a large extent, this is what a lot of people were waiting for in those provinces where there are a significant number of cases because, because of those measures that come into play and because of the clarity that that brings. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's knowing the rules and understanding the situation. I mean, a lot of what's so psychologically hard, I mean, I'm only speaking for myself, but, am I, but you know, thinking about my family and, and extended circle of friends, uh, just not knowing what's going on or what the rules really are is very stressful. Um, most Canadians uh, can handle things as long as they understand the rationale behind it and and where it's uh where it's going what it's intended for so you know any type of clarity is a good thing and you know i i do hand it to uh, ottawa and the provinces for getting their uh, their senior um, health and public safety officials out there every single day uh to talk to the media and through the media to the people about what's going on, because, you know, not knowing is when you get the really unpredictable and, and potentially dangerous uh, outcomes. Health officials, of course, are continuing to talk about the importance of social distancing. Uh, the number of cases has climbed. Uh, there is uh, also, obviously, a lot of, there are a lot of questions about uh, what happens to Canadians who are coming back into the country from travel, especially during March break. Um, so th- there remain a number of questions about this, and I think the, the one overriding question is, to a lot of people, is when is this going to peak, and when will things, when will we start to turn a corner and, and at least see uh, some type of timetable for when life will get back to normal? I know that's impossible to predict at this point, but that's on the minds of a lot of people, isn't it? 
Oh, of course it is. I mean, that's in some ways the number one question because you can't, it's so hard to plan. You know, you, you don't know what's going to happen next week, let alone next month. So that that's very tough psychologically on, on everybody. Um, and you, you can't manage a big, complicated country like Canada without having some sense of, of certainty or, or confidence uh, about what's going on forward. How is anyone going to invest or, or anything like that or hire uh, people or even get their businesses restarted after shutdowns um, after all this has happened? And I mean, I think it's, it's not too soon to suggest that a lot of uh, business activities and, and industries and, and employment sources are going to change drastically, uh, maybe for years to come, maybe forever as a result of this. Um, and again, you know, Mark, I, I really think we're, we're more, we're closer to the start of this than we are to the end. And, uh, there's still a long way to go and, and a lot of, uh, pressure and, and, uh, expectation on just ordinary citizens. Yeah. Is there anything else that you think the federal government can be doing, should be doing? Uh, is there, are there missing pieces anywhere in this, uh, as this, uh, crisis continues? Well, there's there's bound to be missing pieces, and I think the, that may be one of the reasons why uh, the government wants to, you know, bring Parliament back in. Uh, I, the opposition parties have been pretty pretty sporting about it, if you will, in the sense of trying to ask questions that probe the government's response, but without just uh, running around making cheap political points. I mean, there's been a few exceptions, of course, but overall. I think there's sort of a Canadian consensus, unspoken Canadian consensus emerging that, look, the chips are down and everyone's got to do what they can. So um, I do think that, uh, you know, if if Parliament is to come back together, uh, what I think Canadians want and expect to see is them all working on the very question you just asked about are there holes, are there gaps? Uh, how can how can those be filled and, and dealt with quickly for for the benefit of everyone? So uh, that's what I would expect to see from Parliament is is just the mechanics of getting it all together and stuff like that are, are not simple uh, given the travel restrictions and uh, and just the difficulty of getting around or getting anything done. All right, Dan. It's a rapidly evolving situation. Uh, this there is so much more to come on this, including in the next few hours alone. I appreciate you offering your insights today. Thanks for your time. Thanks for the call, Mark. Take care, bud. That's Dan Legere, author and op-ed columnist for the Chronicle Herald. We have taken significant measures uh, up until this point, every step of the way, and we will continue to take necessary measures. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the National Post, Matt Gurney argues governments should overreact now and revise later. Gurney writes, Why not pull the trigger on the various options that government officials say they're considering? Go all in and declare that Canada will match the moves already seen in Europe and call for an effective national lockdown. Our political system does not enable rapid, radical change, which is good. But it's also sometimes a weakness. It's time to accept the fact that the countries around the world that have handled this pandemic the best are the ones that responded aggressively and quickly. At cbc.ca, Aaron Wherry argues Ottawa can't afford any more mixed messages on the coronavirus. Where he writes, the last few days have reinforced the challenge now facing governments to act quickly and intelligently in the face of a once in a century global health emergency, and to do so while clearly explaining and justifying those actions. 
Not even the inevitability of struggle can absolve governments of the mistakes they make, nor shield them from the insistent questions about what they're doing and why. In the urgency of this moment, demands for accountability will be constant. In the Globe and Mail, Lawrence Martin argues that in these dire times, the Trump-Trudeau border truce could unravel at any moment. Martin writes, With his country facing economic collapse, untold deaths from a pandemic, and a general election, does anyone think Donald Trump would hesitate to take punitive measures against Canada if it would boost his fortunes? On Monday, he raised the possibility of extending his travel ban to Canada. Canadian officials are cautiously optimistic that won't happen. But having dealt with this president's abnormalities, are right to be concerned. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. An announcement is expected from the Prime Minister today detailing more economic support for Canadians affected by the coronavirus. CPAC's Martin Stringer has more on that. Mark, all eyes will be on Justin Trudeau today, and the big question will be what type of financial aid will be forthcoming in today's announcement. The EI system will be central as a mechanism to try to get money to Canadians who have been forced to miss work because of quarantine, self-isolation, but also the much larger and ever-growing number of Canadians who have also seen their jobs disappear, at least temporarily, because of closures. But only a minority of Canadians are eligible for employment insurance, as many self-employed, part-time, and contractual workers don't qualify. So what kind of direct aid will the federal government be unveiling today? Also, for employers, small and medium-sized businesses are being particularly hard hit by closures. Some suggestions of ways to help them include Ottawa deferring collection of taxes, such as the GST, providing rent relief, or help with mortgages. Most of the provinces have said they are waiting for action from Ottawa and details from the federal government before announcing their measures. Mark, the most important thing here is Canadians are already being hurt economically by the countrywide closures and the slump in travel and business. And ultimately, like it or not, there is a link between people's compliance with the ever-important social distancing that we must do if we want to fight this virus and how much it might hurt them economically. Thanks, Martin. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Wednesday, March the 18th. Tune into CPAC throughout the day for coverage of the coronavirus crisis and primetime politics tonight. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.